So to this day, I'm really smart with my energy, with my money, with whatever it is, because I'm like, I already made that mistake at 15 or 16. I'm like, I feel like I've made all those mistakes when people are like getting their butt kicked. I'm like, that is so 10 years ago. That's so 30 years ago because I already had those learns. And my parents always let me have those lessons. They never saved me. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, cool. You're going to earn that $1,500 back. It was like, it, nobody was angry. Nobody was whatever. I was more angry at myself. So those are the learns more than dance. Mm. You know, it was more life skills. Mm-hmm. Welcome girls to the Get Up Girl podcast, where we are making you live your fullest and fun life. My name is Joanna Vargas, and every week I will pour into you with my stories, tools, and fun radical candor. I believe that when you ask better questions, up-level your habits, and get freaking real, you will have a happier life. If you're looking for more fun, more magic, and more joy, you're my girl. This one's for you. Are you ready? Let's create your dream life. Hi, girls, and welcome back to another episode of The Get Up Girl. Today's episode is part two of the whole interview series that I had my teammate, Salome Valdez. I asked her to turn the tables and to interview me. And this part two is all about more of me and my personality and how I got to where I am today, where part one is a little bit more about business and she asked me more general entrepreneur questions. If you haven't listened to part one yet, go back to episode 32, you know, wherever you listen to your podcasts and check out that episode so that you can get more of the part one kind of energy and then before you listen to part two. But either way, they're both great. Look, I am starting a new business coaching group because since the pandemic, I have so many friends that are changing their businesses, shifting their businesses, creating a whole new business or even starting from scratch and leaving jobs or being let off from jobs. And if that's something that you're interested in, being in a group of other women and entrepreneurs so that you can build and learn how to build your business and be in a group of women that are like-minded that will lift you up. Maybe you don't have those friends around wherever you live. I am starting a beta testing group, which is going to be, you know, a group of women that come together and help me create this coaching group that I'm going to start early in 2021. And I'm going to start it right around in December as soon as possible. And it's going to be very small and intimate. I like to work with a small group of people. There will be some in-person events, of course, you know, will be COVID friendly. But if you don't live in the Los Angeles area, you can always zoom in and we can make that a little bit different. If you're interested in the group to get on the VIP list to be the first ones to find out, please text the word business to 323-524-9857. One more time, just text the word business. You and I can go back and forth in case you have any questions to 323-524-9857. And I would love to have you in the group. We probably right now only have about two or three spots left, but I'm really looking for a great group that I can cultivate and um, really help get to the next level. And look, if you don't make your money back, then you're not doing exactly what I say. You should be making triple the money back by the time we're done. Okay, let's go into part two with Salome Valdez. DM me. I want to know what you took away from the episode. I'm excited to hear, you know, what you thought when the tables are turned and somebody else can interview me. Here you go. Part two with me and Salome Valdez. 
Hello, gals, and welcome to the Get Up Girl podcast with your gal Salome Valdez and Joanna Vargas. We are in the house because the tables are turned again today. I hope you listened to part one of this interview series, and the first part was all about entrepreneurship. We kind of talked about a lot, because later, Salome, I do want to go deeper in a couple businesses, but today... I asked you to interview me about me, right, as a person. Mm -hmm. So we've known each other for 20 years. And so Salome knows me pretty well in order to ask some really juicy questions. Oh, Salome's eyes are really going juicy. (laughs) (laughs) They got bigger. So Salome, are you excited today or are you in producer mode serious? Okay, I guess you can say I'm producer mode. Yeah, I'm a little side note. (laughs) She's always really serious. She gets in her serious face. All right, so Salome, it's all yours. Like the last one, let's start with our pre-party, okay? Which is all the rapid-fire questions. Yeah. And like last time, we're going to keep it short because the party's actually long. Okay. And we're going to go a little longer, maybe this time around. <laughs> with a pre-party, first question is, what's your favorite quote? The way you do anything is the way you do everything. Mm-hmm. Describe yourself in one word. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> Weird. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if you're here in the in the studio, they're all shaking their head. Yes. <laughs> what's your favorite feel good song? Now, now that like last time I asked you, what's your like get your, up girl song? Yeah. yeah. But what's your feel good? Like, yeah, it's gonna feel good. Oh my gosh. Okay, I want to go with Prince. Let's get crazy. Oh. Is it let's yes. get crazy? Is that the name yeah. of the or is, is it, it crazy? Anyway, let's let's get yeah. let's get crazy. Oh, oh my god. Yes, I love that song. And when a band covers yes. that song, I think it sounds even better when a band covers that song. Totally. Prince, I love you, but that's yeah. a good cover song. It is. It's awesome. Let's get into the party <laughs> section. Take your time with this one. I want to okay. hear all about it. Okay. What were you as a kid? Like, how were you as a kid? Were you shy? What kind of person were you? Were you like the popular kid? Were you the shy kid? Were you, what were you? Well, kid as in like five or six, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I was pretty quiet. I was pretty, I wouldn't say shy. I just wasn't as boastful as I am now. I was uh, not nerdy, but yet I was very inquisitive and smart. I was creative and I was very organized. I would organize my drawers for hours and hours and hours, so completely opposite of who I am today. And I would have this evening routine and I would turn down my bed, just like, you know, if you're in this five-star resort and I would put down the sheets and make it all cute, like I was getting ready for bed. It was, <laughs> I was just, yeah, that's who I was. Mm-hmm. What about as a teenager? As a teenager, I was a brat. I think I know that's when I was coming into my own and I felt like I didn't fit in. And so I was very mean to my mom. I was, I was the rebel. I was the one in the family that stood up Uh, as a teenager as well. I was uh, angry, annoyed. I think I started to realize what the world was and I didn't know how to articulate it or I couldn't articulate it. You know, I wasn't in a family that you could say something of that nature. You know, it was just like, be quiet. That's as a teenager. And then, but then in high school, let's go later teens, I was, I started to be more of the good girl or like the popular girl or the girl that does all the quote unquote things to, to be successful. 
Do you know what I mean? So I, I see like three waves until 18 or 19 is when I started to say, who is, who is Joanna? Which led me to Tony Robbins and my self-development journey and everything under the sun for the past 20 plus years, because I could see that I was so many different people. It's like, who are you? So that was Joanna. I'm going to go a little off track actually with my questions. As you were growing up, did you have like a best friend or did you have a, always a group of friends or did your friends always switch up? You know what? In middle school, I had a group of friends. It was like, you know, eight of us. And we were like that typical babysitters club, you know, in the eighth grade where everybody's just so tight. Mm -hmm. I had that from like sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Mm -hmm. We did everything together. I even made my dreams small in order to stay with them. Like when I was in seventh grade, my math teacher or the school invited me to go to the high school for math. That's how smart I was. Imagine in seventh grade. So in seventh grade, I was 11. 11 years old, they invited me to go to math at Alhambra High School, at the high school at the time. So I was always a young kid in my grade. So I graduated at 17. So it, I was 11 in seventh grade, invited me to go. And it was only me and this boy. And I said no, because I was so shy. I didn't want it. 11 year old. All I knew was what I saw on television. Mm -hmm. So I thought going to high school, they were going to pull my hair and make fun of me. You know, like mm -hmm. the, what I saw in my, and um, then I didn't want to leave my friends as well. So I would have missed first and second period and wouldn't have to come to third period until third period. And I said no to that. And my mom didn't make me. She wasn't that kind of mom. She always allowed me to make my own choices. She's like, fine, if that's what you want to do. Mm. Oh my gosh, I look back on that. Whoa, like how smart, 11. Mm -hmm. Like the way, and my brain works differently. It's very savant-like where in math, it's like, but when it comes to letters and reading, I'm dyslexic. So, I mean, I, I've categorized myself as a savant because 11 going to algebra in high school, but then yet... My SAT scores were so low, oh. really low. And then when you were in high school. Oh, wait, oh. you asked me about the, the friends, huh? Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. so I'm going to go back. So the friends, I would do things in order to stay with them. Mm -hmm. But then when I went to high school, then I made my dance friends. And then I was pretty strong with them mm -hmm. then. But you know what? I think they were just high school, like, whatever friends. Mm -hmm. Later than that, then I started making different friends. And there was a time, Salome, where I consciously said, I want new girlfriends. This was maybe like eight years ago because I didn't like women. I had this story playing in my head that women are conniving. They're not helpful. I'm not friends with women. Yeah, I just, I, I'm better friends with men. I had that story and I played it well. It was such BS. And, and so I made the conscious decision to make new girlfriends that year. And I did. They're still my friends to this day. Mm -hmm. And they're all business owners. Like all my girlfriends all own businesses just because so we have the same conversations because I have so many business friends in my groups that say I'm only in this group because you're the only group that understands my conversations. Yeah. And they're like, Joanna, why are you in this group? I'm like, because I want to learn business. And I'm like, because all my girlfriends are business owners. So we already, I don't have those friends. And they're like, oh, none of my friends are business owners. And they're like, when we get together for barbecues, we have nothing in common. So we just talk about, I don't know, weather mm -hmm. and sports, right? <laughs> so those are the friends. Uh, but yeah, anyway. When you were, okay, I'm going to go back to when you were a teenager. Did you find yourself to be that person that got along with all the groups, the different groups in high school? Yeah, I was very 
what's a chameleon. Uh-huh. So I'd be, I was like in the really smart classes and then I'd be in the bad classes, so to speak. You know what I mean? I was in all of them and I was just friends with everybody. I didn't think of like clicks. I knew how to maneuver. I was always really good at hustling, quote unquote, meaning I can hustle the teacher. I can hustle friends. And I don't mean hustle as in like get things from you. What I meant was I knew how to talk to people. That's what I mean, hustling. I just knew how to, I could go into a room and just talk to anybody. And I did that in high school without even realizing it. I was already selling. I was already an entrepreneur in high school. Mm -hmm. And I never studied Salome, never. Because again, I was that, my brain didn't work that way. But I got all A's. I was like on the honor roll in high school. And I'm like, I didn't do anything. It's because I knew how to talk to people. Hustle. I knew how to talk to my teachers. I knew what to do in order to get an A. You know what I'm saying? Okay, well, then I'm actually going to come up with other questions. Another, okay, yeah, whatever comes up, girl. <laughs> We're just having a conversation here, just giving you guys a heads up. <laughs> uh, when you were in high school, uh, I'm going to go back to high school years because I know, first of all, let me go back and say, high school years were the best years of my life. Mm. Not. No. No. Oh. Oh. Uh, you thought that? Oh, they were for I, me. Okay, oh, okay. One of the best. Why, 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 why? God. Uh, first guy asking me out. No, not first. I take that back. That was elementary school. But like first prom things, uh, getting ready for football games and seasons and dating and the football team and basketball games. And I was on ASB. Like it was just a constant fun it was parties and it was so much fun. My high school experience was very much like a television show. Hmm. You know what I mean? If you go back to like, <laughs> so I don't know, some cheerleading, whatever. I mean, that was my life. I was straight. I was that girl. I was that girl that would make the posters in ASB and I'm on the captain dance team and I'm on this club and I'm dating the captain oh, of the football yeah. team. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, I was dating the captain of the football team. How can you get more cliche than that? Yeah, yeah that was mine. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And I went to every dance. Yeah. And every (laughs) dance, a different guy. Like I did that strategically. You were very involved. Totally. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So again, I was already, I was already like doing it then, but I didn't realize it. So I was already getting my skills together in order to be a chameleon and and start businesses. Did you think that you're probably like popular then in high school? In other words. I guess. But in our high school, it wasn't like that. You know what I mean? There were so many people. And I went to a really big high school. Mm-hmm. It was 4,000 mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can really be popular in 4,000. You know, there were so many. I'm popular in this crowd. Right, right, but it right, was, right. I don't think it was like that. I think, in my personal opinion, people that were like the popular, popular crowd, maybe a smaller school. You know, you mm-hmm. go to some little school in Wisconsin or something, you know, the mm-hmm. popular crowd. But I think with so many people. But I guess you can say maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was the one on... <laughs> on the microphone at every ASB and every event and yeah yeah totally so when you did you ever were on like a prom court or winter court or something like that yeah a couple courts I was on prom court and I didn't win <laughs> yeah <laughs> I remember we we're like Rob but yeah uh-huh. <laughs> and my best friend was homecoming queen I mean it was just like yeah wow mm-hmm. that's cool yeah. oh that's fun that's so different from my experience at Alhambra High School <laughs> <laughs> We went to the same high school, but different years. I'm more seasoned. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, with that being said, this is going to go hand in hand with that. But if you didn't know Joanna as much as I do, she is also a dancer and she was 
she also was brought up as a dancer other than a business entrepreneur woman. Joanna, talk to everybody and let us know your journey as a dancer as like when you were a kid, when did you think, oh, wow, I really like dancing? Uh, I've been moving and counting music for as long as I can remember. But I was, I remember when I was four or five years old, my mom put me in the little ballet tap classes. Now, again, let's go back to when I said I was very shy. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know how to articulate that I was lost in the class. I knew I had talent. I knew I can hear the music, but I was that girl in the back, little four or five-year-old in the back, quiet, just again, pay attention to the rules. That was, that was me. Be quiet and pay attention to the rules. And I remember our little recital, Salome, and I, I remember being on stage, not knowing the choreography, but going, I could know the choreography, just the teacher didn't teach it. You know what I mean? Mm. But I couldn't articulate that. So it came off across like, I don't like ballet and tap. And I, I was not like, you know, these kids I see now, my niece and nephew can speak up and go, I don't like that. Or I like this. I'm like, wow, I never did that. I was the quiet five-year-old. You just shut up. So that was what I started with dance and then went into hula. But my mom, I remember her, she was dancing and she got me into it. You know what? Let's go take you to ballet. Let's go take you to this. But I was still traumatized from when I was five. Mm. So when I took hula, I realized that I'm like, I can actually count music. So Salome, what I really had, again, the savant, is I could count music where other kids can maybe get the choreography and stuff. I can hear the music a different way than somebody else could. Mm. Like I saw it in color. Uh, what's his name? Pharrell, mm -hmm. Pharrell, he doesn't read music. He's like, I've never studied music. He's like, but I can see the music in color. That's what he says. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I can't explain it. I just, I can't tell the engineer what to put. I just know what I want. And that's how I am. Like, I can't articulate sometimes what I'm trying to say, you know, and I think that's why sometimes I over talk because I'm, what's going on in my brain is so different than I think that what mo most humans can process in their brain. And that's how it was with dance. I can hear, I remember being in classes or rehearsals and a little seven-year-old going, that's not the count, you know, but again, shut up, be quiet, don't say anything, mm -hmm. but that's not the count. That's actually four or this, that one starts at six. Uh, so that was what I liked with dance and then discovered that I just like to perform. So as a young girl, I used to get all my cousins together every Easter, Christmas, you name it. I would go home. I had a little Casio piano and I would write songs and I would write out a, a play, a script, a straight up script. Nobody ever taught me what a script looked like. And I remember I wrote this play called The King and I. Was it The King and I? Yeah, The King and I, which is a real play, yeah. but I changed it. And I was the queen. My cousin was the king. This person was the princess. Everybody had lines and we had a song. And then uh, I would get them all to rehearse and all my cousins would roll their eyes and go, oh God, I don't want to do this. But I would make them do it. I was serious. I was like the the Steven Spielberg. But by the end of the rehearsal, there was, everybody was gone. Like, oh, this person left. They don't want to do it anymore. This person left. And so that was the whole dance thing. But I was never really talented as like a dancer. I think it was the more creative. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, yes, So yes. That's, that's where it started there. But also I want you to talk about how you took dance even after as a kid and from, because you did drill team in high school. Yeah. So with dance in drill team, 
what did you learn? I'm pretty sure because we all learned a lot being in a... Yeah. In my dance team in high school, I learned discipline. I was the captain my junior year. So I was 15 years old as a captain. And everybody wanted me to run. I like won unanimously. I remember everybody was hugging me. And I was thinking to myself, I really don't want this. Again, I was the do what everybody wants you to do person. You know, everybody thinks you're great. And in my head, I'm like, I know I'm great, but I don't want to be the leader. You know, but it was like I was always in put into leadership positions. Like, Joanna, you can lead. And again, and when you get to know me, I'm like, I don't want to lead, Joanna, but I don't want to. So that was that. Uh, I learned discipline. I learned how to clean dances. I learned human psychology. I learned how things can be blocked on dancers and move physically and how you can make the eye, like trick the eye, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot of entrepreneurship skills my junior year and how to speak up and how to be clear with our dance director at the time. Uh, oh my gosh, I learned so much. Uh, I remember I collected, I think it was like $1,500 in cash. This was back in the day, cash days. And they would pay us for their uniforms or whatever. So they'd have to come and pay. And then we went to the beach that day and I had a car and I was 16 years old. So we drive to the beach and I put my bag in the trunk and somebody broke into the car and stole all the cash. So things of that nature, I learned it 15 or 16 and I'm like, Ooh, never do that again. Got it, Joanna. Boom. So to this day, I'm really smart with my energy, with my money, with whatever it is, because I'm like, I already made that mistake at 15 or 16. I'm like, I feel like I've made all those mistakes when people are like getting their butt kicked. I'm like, that is so 10 years ago. That's so 30 years ago because I already had those learns. And my parents always let me have those lessons. They never saved me. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, cool. You're going to earn that $1,500 back. It was like, nobody was angry. Nobody was whatever. I was more angry at myself. So those are the learns more than dance. Mm. You know, it was more life skills. Mm -hmm. Uh, I agree with you too. I think if it wasn't for drill team, I I learned so much from, from Jan Crawford. Mm. I, you know, just directing and how she, she sees things and before we think Yeah, that of, was our uh, dance director. Yes, that's our dance director. And we think, oh, God, what, what is she thinking sometimes? You know, it's like, but actually, we're kind of like that, too. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, what are they thinking? Are they thinking? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny how mm-hmm. things just go in full circle. And now the two of us are here. So it's pretty cool. Uh, oh, and if you didn't know this, I did uh, meet Joanna through high school because I was in high school and she used to come in and she would coach us through our uh, dance rehearsals. And that's how I met Joanna. And then now we're both here. So it's amazing mm-hmm. how things are. <laughs> I was like a drill sergeant. Yeah. I was old. I'm old school discipline. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to put this new school together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Okay. So the next question is what is the biggest opportunity as a person that you want to work on the most? Opportunity, like as in up leveling myself, mm-hmm. up leveling. I would like to up level and work on my financial thermostat and mindset. As I'm getting older, I'm noticing that more and more I don't believe in Santa Claus. Mm. 
where when I was 20, I was like, woo, everything. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be this. I'm going to change the trajectory of my life and the family. And as the years go on and I have layers of stuff on, it's, it's been harder for me to believe again, hmm. you know, because in my 20s, I had no fear, absolutely none. And now as I've lost more, I have more fear. But I still, I'm still doing it. I don't have as much fear, I don't think, as like the neighbor next door. I think I'm still more fearless than they are. Yet in my 20s, I had nothing, nothing scared me. And still nothing really scares me, but I'm, I'm more cautious now. Which So I don't like that. I don't like that I'm more cautious. You know what I mean? Okay. So what is it that when you're in your 20s and you're saying, oh, I, I was fearless that you didn't, uh, you didn't have fears towards stuff, but why? Like, what was it about that? Like, you, would you tell yourself to not fear? No, I just didn't have it. Uh, what it was, was... What it was, was... <laughs> Joanna, learn how to spoke. Come on, let's go, girl. <laughs> I was trying to prove to everybody. Mm. Not trying, I was proving. Mm. Now I don't have to prove anymore. And I'm wondering if the proving was actually my, like, um, my spinach, my, you know, it helped me. Mm. Now that I don't have to prove, I don't care anymore. That's my Achilles. <laughs> so it actually helped me because I was proving, I was proving to my parents, I'm proving to everybody, this is going to work when they all thought I was batshit crazy. Now they're like, ah, eh, Joanna, everybody can care less now. We're in my 20s. Everybody was like, what is she doing? Now nobody looks over anymore. Okay. I used to think that too. And I think sometimes I go back to that. And it always goes back to our conversation. We start, start talking about judgment. I think once we let, we let go of judgment, it all becomes easier. And I noticed that too. Yeah. Okay. So I've let go of most judgment. I'm not there yet, yeah. but I'm closer. Mm -hmm. And without that judgment, it's I'm learning on how to get to where I would like to go without the judgment because mm, mm -hmm. now it's so easy and mm. I'm like, I can care less now. So <laughs> get comfortable. Right. So that's that's where I am. But like I'm so conscious now and aware that I don't care when I was unconscious and a zombie and an unhappy. I was able to do it. OK, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. It, it goes back to also uh, being afraid to fail. You know, and it's like, oh, no, no, because I'm going to fail or this is going to fail. Or, so it has to we, work? We, it, yes. So okay. we're like, I don't want to pull out of this because. So we're going to make it work. Yeah, we're going to make it work. And then it ends up not happening or something or losing money, stuff like that. But I think that because we, again, we're going back to the judgment thinking, of, oh, no, we're gonna, I'm going to get judged if this happens. At the end of it all, uh, what do you know? kind of question mm -hmm. you know so I think because as we're getting older too and I, I know I keep saying this as people are getting older you, you become wiser or whatever but um, sometimes it's with age but we start thinking we like we don't give an f about things mm -hmm. and it and I think it all has to do with with just that when you said I think as when we're younger like because we want to prove and we, we don't want to fail and because this and that and what are they gonna say about me but now it's like okay so yeah. forward. Yeah, I would like to create now consciously mm. and happily. And so I'm learning. Okay, I'm going to rephrase okay. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm learning how to create consciously. There you go. Because I'm really good at creating unconsciously. Mm -hmm. I'm the queen. Mm. In creating miserably. Mm. 
And now last week I was at a business event and people are asking me, Joanna, are you okay? Are you okay? You know, cause I closed the fit factor. Are oh. you okay? And I'm like, I'm actually one of the best I've ever been, even though of course I'm sad inside and yes, it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I get it. But like, evenly, I'm actually way better than I was before, mm-hmm. even though I was happy on the outside, but like evenly, it was too spiky. So do you think that if this would have happened before, it would, you would have reacted differently? Probably, or more spiky. Again, and I'm going to say spiky as in like, bipolar which this reality calls bipolar and i'm like mm. bipolar whatever it, like mm. that's an, that's another show but it just meant like i was so spiky i would spike up i would spike down and now i'm lear- i'm because i was unconscious now i'm conscious and there's less spikes there's still spikes but there's just less and yeah this is a great awareness because i didn't i didn't know this about myself mm. and and I was seeing my, you know, my spiritual doctor the other day and I told her, I said, I want to learn how to believe again. That's exactly what I told. I go, I feel like I don't believe. So I want to learn how to believe consciously because I believe when I'm unconscious, when I'm unhappy, I'm like, I believe I can do this, but it's so uphill. It's so gritty. It's so like, so forced. And now there's like less force. I just don't know how to work that muscle right now. Same thing with fitness, Salome. Right now with fitness, I'm learning how to work out without forcing it. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Okay? And it's a whole new way to work out. And I feel like I'm really strong right now, but it's like a different strong, where before when I would work out, it was all force and, uh, and you know, strong, but I was like, my body was aching. And now my body is more even and like strong during the pandemic, but it's unforced. Okay. So I don't know if that resonated with anyone listening, but explaining it that way with the body is the same with my mind right now. Hmm. I'm trying, I... I'm gonna, not trying. I am working on creating these new businesses without force and with ease. And it's a whole new muscle. And with organization rather than like, we're going to do it if it kills us. Mm-hmm. Which that was the Joanna before and I burned a lot of bridges. But it made it work. Right, right. Okay, well, Joanna, what is the biggest accomplishment you've had in the last few months and why? few months. Wow. Great question. I'm going to choose dating on these dating apps and speaking up for myself. It's a huge accomplishment for me. And I've said this multiple times. If you want to learn about yourself as a human being, go on dating apps. Mm. Okay. It's almost like you're trying to go for a job and you're going on in all these job interviews and you learn about yourself, you know, by showing up and what are you going to wear and what are you going to do and how are you going to talk to these people? Not that dating or job interviews, but I'm learning so much about speaking up for what I would like. I'm learning contrast of what I would like for Joanna. I'm learning what I was putting up with in the past and what I'm not going to put up with anymore. What I'm willing to stop, what I'm willing to receive. (laughs) So that's what I'm most proud of because there's been a couple gentlemen where I'm like, no, thank you. This isn't working for me where I wouldn't have done that before. I would have either ghosted them or I would have either just kept dating them or kept them on the side because I didn't want to hurt their feelings. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how can I be so clear with what I would like? And so 
I'm very proud of myself for that. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the the time that we're going through right now with it, which is the pandemic. Do you think that what you've learned during these few months of this pandemic, you've learned a lot more than you had in probably like a long, longer term? That made any sense? Yes. It was shortened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like, okay, so I've been doing self-development and learning and gosh, I wish I had a different term than self-development, right? But for 20 something years and in my point of view, I, it feels like people that had never done self-development before almost got like 20 years in nine months. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're, they're feels like they're in a washing machine cause it's so much. And I spread it out in 20 years. Mm-hmm. So this pandemic has been a lot on me too. But I don't think as much as maybe, you know, my neighbor or something like that. So, yes, I feel like it was heightened. I feel like it was fast forward. It was crunched. Mm-hmm. And I, always, I like the saying, get ready to get ready. Because we don't know what we're getting ready for. Mm. Get ready to get ready. And people are like, get ready for what? Just to get ready. Mm-hmm. So you're ready. So let's say the pandemic. All those 20 years of self-development, I was getting ready for this. Mm. So I, and you could see the strong survive, but it's not that they're physically strong. It's not that they're doing anything different. They were getting ready to get ready. So they were doing something different. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah, I can imagine it's been tough. I mean, I'm single. I can't even imagine if I had like kids at home that I had to stay home and work with Mm. them on schooling or something like that. So shout out to those parents. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but also being single during this time has been very difficult because, I mean, it's like you're alone, alone. And, you know, you're quarantining by yourself. So that, yeah. How have you, how have you been going through that? I mean, what do you do? I mean, you said you won't, I mean, you're, you're dating, right? Is that you're you're doing right now or kind yeah. of? or Kind of, I guess. Uh, talking to so many people. I, it's almost, <laughs> I think of it like casting a net. So I'll cast out 30 yeah. nets. And maybe you might get one fish to talk to you or write back. And then that one fish, will he, how long will he last or stay around? Or, um, but how have I get, been getting through it? A lot of routines. Like, I, just a lot of routines. My morning routine's the same. My evening routine's the same. Reaching out to a lot of people. And, gosh. And creating a whole new business. Mm. You know? So that... That's what's been keeping me going. Well, how do you continue to work on yourself? Again, I mean, we don't want to use self-development, but how do you continue to work on yourself in order to create more happiness in your life? Happiness. Hmm. I've been thinking about happiness lately because I'm like, am I happy or Mm. am I content? Mm. And I'm like, maybe, or I wonder, is this what happiness looks like? Does it have to look like, do you get what I mean? Because yes. people go, are you okay? And I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy because I'm not running around smiling and laughing all the time, but I'm actually happy, right? Okay. My ultimate goal is to die with a smile on my face. That's the ultimate goal for me. You know, like what's the purpose of life? You know, people ask. Mm-hmm. My purpose is to die with a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. I, I wish not to die afraid or like, regretful or like trying to fight for something and no give me one more year I don't want to die like I want to die with a mic drop moment and like I'm good I'm out Mm. so to go back to your question 
I, I do everything I can to, for that day. And it may not be 10 out of 10, mm. but it's as close as it can be to that feeling like I did everything I could. At mm. least I think I could because I'm the type of person, Salome, that I would do whatever I want to do. So I'm like, if I really wanted to, I would be on a beach somewhere right now. Mm. But I actually like working at home with my fireplace, with my computer, right? So it's really creating the life that I would like, even though what outside people think fun mm. and successful and happiness is. Mm-hmm. So that's little things like that. It just continues like, what would I like to do today? What would I like to do right now? What would I like to do? Okay, I would like to go for a walk right now. Okay, this is what I would like. This is what I would like. I just keep moving forward and I go so slowly with little things that add up to a good day, like a thumbs up day. So if that was my last breath, I feel like, cool, I did everything I could today. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Every day kind of going through like, oh, if this was my last day, would I be not content but you know what i'm saying yeah i'm happy i like that what is the biggest aha and i use this because you, you, you use it what is the biggest aha moment in the past year like a habit shift or a realization about yourself oh my gosh so many so many because i reflect on this often mm-hmm. well one of them is that i'm extremely empathic and able to communicate with things that you cannot see Mm -hmm. and I can't see them but I can feel them and so my aha is also really being aware of it being able to talk about it I'm slowly coming out and talking about it and the more that I talk about it with people they're like oh yeah I have that too I have that too and I'm like how many people are in the closet afraid of this and not saying it you know And I've had this my whole life. And anybody listening out there, if you have kids and they say there's monsters in the closet, there's probably monsters in the closet. (laughs) And if you're laughing at me, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because I was that little girl growing up where I was deathly afraid to sleep. I would sleep with the covers over my head, shaking, just like go to bed, go to bed, go to bed. I didn't have insomnia. I was fearful. I was afraid of the side of the bed. Uh, because things would visit me at at the side of my bed. They would wake me up in the middle of the night, but there was nothing uh, fearful about them. uh, I just, I was afraid because I didn't know how to articulate it. So I grew up thinking I was crazy because I would go to my mom's bed, my dad's bed, and go, Mom, I'm scared, the closet. There's nothing in your closet. So they kept saying, there's nothing there, there's nothing there. So they don't say, Joanna, you're crazy, but I articulated it as I'm crazy. Because they don't, they said there's nothing there. So I think there's something there. So there's something wrong with me. So all the kids out there, all the parents that have this, oh my gosh, if they come to your bed and say, there's something in my room, I'm scared. Ask them what it is and teach them not to be afraid of it, to be bigger than that energy. So going back to your question, what's the awareness is that I'm bigger than that energy. It doesn't scare me anymore, Salome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Probably once a, a week I get woken up and now I just like, hell no. And I go back to bed. <gasps> Can you imagine how many times as growing up, I'd be deathly afraid I couldn't go back to bed. I'm so afraid. So I'm pretty proud of myself and that awareness for that. And I don't know how to yet, how to integrate this into the business. How can I teach other people? Because I, I would want to really teach parents and kids so that they don't grow up the way I did to think, to have to go through all this self-development to come <laughs> to the other side mm-hmm. and go, oh, I'm not crazy. 
Oh, you're just aware of a lot of stuff around you that ain't yours, girl. It's not yours. Yeah. So do you still kind of go through that? Because you live by yourself and obviously you like to sleep alone. Do you get go through those little fears sometimes still? No. Mm -mm. Mm. Two nights ago, something woke me up and like everyone has a different energy. Mm. And that one, this one had the energy of like annoying it wanted to bug me. Uh, it thought it was like, it was like, I'm all that energy. And I'm like, and I remember I'm in my bed going, oh, hell no. You need to get the F out of here. You know, mm. again, I'm bigger than it. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean that it's scary. Do you talk to it? Uh, yeah, I just say, you got to leave. Like, get. I say, oh, hell no, you better leave. And I just like, I, I it makes me feel so more powerful. Like, so... That was two days no, ago. No, tell us more about that. I want to know wanna... more about that. Okay, I'll get a feeling of like it pushes me and it wakes me up. And it just like, it, it almost wants to taunt me. And not all of them. But when I'm woken up like that, I'll also get a feeling of like when something walks into a room and it doesn't want to taunt me, it just wants to be there with me. And I'm like, oh, and I could feel it. Okay, so there's different types. There's some that just think of them as humans, Salome. Mm -hmm. There's humans in your life that are like just walk in a room and just sit there at a party. And then there's some that walk in and then suck the energy out of the room. Mm. They're the same way. Like, oh, my God, you're so annoying. Mm. Uh, so that was two nights ago and it taunts me and I have to yell at it like, oh, get out of here. And then there's some that just stand around my bed and just want to hang out. And I'm like, I am sleeping. You need to get the F out of here. Just like if they're humans, if somebody walked in your house, how would you talk to them? Mm -hmm. So anybody out there, because 20% of the population have this. And in my point of view, 0.00001% are actually talking about it. Do you think it's more sort like the creatives that maybe have that? Or I wonder. Yeah. I, uh, more people that I've talked to. Yes. Uh-huh. And I would love to live in a world where this is just normally mm -hmm. talked about and it's not given the word of woo-woo. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, or weird or crazy or whatever. Yeah. And the more people I tell, I notice that they're very, very open and acceptive of it. Mm -hmm. Except is that the word? Anyway. But yeah. So my dad knows my sister, people that are really close to me know so that, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I you did say this. Uh, it's not mine. Oh, explain more of that of what's not yours and what, you know. Yeah. In consciousness, mm -hmm. consciousness receives everything and judges nothing. Unconsciousness receives nothing, puts up walls and barriers, and judges. Mm -hmm. And when you're unconscious, you will take on other people's things, thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And we are receptive human beings. We're like little magnets, and we're picking up people's stuff all the time. And what happens is a lot of times we will feel something and not know why we're feeling it. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're labeled as crazy or bipolar or I'm just having a quote unquote bad day. And most of the time you're just picking up other people's stuff. For example, the other day I got a bad stomach ache like that fast. Like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, oh, whose is this? And I just ask, like, whose is this? Am I feeling somebody's, my neighbors, somebody across the world has a bad stomach ache. And then boom, it's gone. Now, old Joanna would have taken a Pepto-Bismol. You know, I lived on Pepto-Bismol and, or if I get a headache, I'm like, Ooh, okay. Whose is this? What is this? Is this somebody else's? It's not ours. And, um, this was uh, like a 4th of July ago. I was at my house and all of a sudden, Salome, I felt scared. 
like deathly afraid and anxious. Okay. And it's interesting because a lot of people right now during the pandemic feel very anxious and a lot of it is not theirs. It's because the world, 8 billion people are feeling anxious. So you're picking up all these people's stuff. It's not yours. Again, you are not small and pathetic. You're, we're picking up. So we think that we feel it. So all of a sudden I felt anxious and scared and no joke, Salome, within one second, one Mississippi, two fire trucks and a paramedic truck vroom, came right in front of my house. And it freaked me out because first of all, I feel scared and nervous. Oh then here come these. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really psychic. What the heck? <laughs> and I'm thinking they're coming to me, right? <laughs> so these handsome men, they come out and then they go into my neighbor's house. I'm like, what? They pull her out. This girl had a panic attack and she fell down the stairs. Oh my God. <laughs> Boom, went away. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Joanna, you are so magical. Like, you know stuff. And I have so many girlfriends that have the same thing. Again, we're not talking about it. So can we be that conscious? Because let's go back to the tsunami that happened in Thailand in 2004, whenever it was. All the animals left one to two days before the tsunami. Are they conscious? Oh, heck yeah. We have the same abilities. We've just turned them off. So human beings were sitting on the, um, the shore that got washed away, you know, and sending so much love. And I wonder how we can be more conscious just like the animals mm -hmm. where they left. They knew something was going to come, mm -hmm. right? And it's so, I just think that's beautiful. We don't talk about that enough. Mm -hmm. I'm like, does everybody know that the animals left? Hello? <laughs> Like, wow, that's not just a why story. Why isn't anybody like, talking about why it? Why isn't anybody? Hello? <laughs> Come on. We're over here talking about something else. It just doesn't ugh, compute. Again, because we don't want to be the weirdos. Look, I'm over here talking to you right now, and I'm like freaked out. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be out there. And I know there's other people that have it as well, that they're just, they're going to come out of the closet too and DM me. We're definitely going to have to talk about this more for like another episode. Because I know I want to bring up like the brujas, mm. they, you know, talk about stuff. But uh, closing off the party section, what oh, do you? Sorry, keep going. We got a live, and Dina was saying that her. Ooh, two of her four children talk about that. Somebody wakes them up and scares monsters in the closet. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Dina. Yeah, you can say that. Yeah, just talk to them. So, side note: if anybody's listening, I'm going live right now. But if you do have kids that say that, please don't tell them that there's nothing in their closet. Please don't do that. I know you're doing, you're trying to help as a parent. So don't make them wrong or right. Just get curious. Like, oh, what do you see, honey? Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. Well, tell them to leave then. You know, get bigger. I'm trying to go really fast right now, but I wish I had more time to explain that. Yeah. Okay. No. Next question. Okay. Well, to close up the party section, <laughs> well, what do you know about yourself in 10 years? I know that I'm going to feel vibrant. I'm going to look freaking good for 50s. I'm going to have some fun lovers mm. up in the, until then. And I, I'm going to be known for something. I'm going to be known, which at least I think what it is, but I'm going to be known for something. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Next. Party's over. <laughs> wah, wah. 
end it on that note. I don't know. We'll find out at the next episode. What is Joanna going to be known for? (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Well, what is next after the party? The after party. (laughs) But Joanna falls asleep before the party's over. So. But anyway, okay, after right. party in bed. All right. In the sheets. <laughs> what are some personal development podcasts and or books you would like to share? I know last time we talked about entrepreneur uh, and business, podcasts and books. As far as like you as a growth, as a person, what what would you like to share? Oh, I think some of the... Okay, well, I am going to put this out there. I don't normally share this podcast because it is a little woo-woo, we'll say. Mm-hmm. But there's this one podcast called uh, Tools to Create a Better Life with Glynis Hughes. And that one, I never miss an episode for the past three years. So that's a great one on consciousness. If you're intrigued on what I just said, but if you're like, oh, Joanna's nuts, that's not the podcast for you. Mm-hmm. But if you're intrigued, please go to that one. Another book would be The Four Agreements is an amazing one. I'm like, you know, when you should have your five arsenal books in your little Bible and the slight edge. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I am reading right now the existential kink, which I heard is amazing. I'm not done yet, but so that one, we'll leave it at that. I'll go here all day. Okay. Describe your perfect date. Oh, perfect (laughs) date. He asks me out like on purpose, not a like, hey, are you available? No, that's not an ask out. Mm. Like, hey, Joanne, I want to take you out on Saturday at seven o'clock. Are you available? Mm. Like, oh, that's already the, uh, what is it called? The the foreplay. No. It's like, oh, yeah. like, yeah, I want you to ask me out like that. Okay, so that's already step one. Mm-hmm. Step two is I'll meet you there. Okay, because let's just say it's a first date. You said first, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I said you're oh, describing a date? perfect date. I'm going to go on. Okay. Then first, because then, yeah. Yeah. And then I meet him there. We sit at a bar and we have tacos and margaritas, but at a bar side by side. And it's kind of like a, um, like a, like a dark kind of, I like dark dates. I don't like lunch dates. I don't like bright lights. Like, it's not that I don't want (laughs) to see, you know what I mean? But it's just like, I want the ambiance. I'm a very big, um, lighting is very important to me. Mm-hmm. I either like really bright lights or dark, like in a bathroom. I hate lights in a bathroom. I like it like dim in a bathroom. Mm-hmm. So dim on a date is very important. Okay. Tacos, guacamole, and then a couple margaritas to feel kind of loose. And then we'll drive around, like listen to music and go up to a, uh, like a hill and just drive. And I think that shows my personality. Because I've done that on many dates and I think it scares guys because it's like, oh my God, you're playing the music too loud or you're dancing too much. You mm-hmm. Like I could feel it mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, we're not going to get along then because mm-hmm. JoJo plays the music loudly in the car. So I think that kind of shows all my cards on the first date. I like to sit at a bar. I like it this way. I like music. I like to drive. I like to talk. So rather than this big extravagant date, uh-huh. I want to show this is who Joanna is mm-hmm. and are you in for that ride? Ooh. It's simple yet loud. You know what? Now he just said, you said something about sitting side by side. And this is Very something important. that I've been questioning pretty much my whole life. <laughs> because it's, then Sa- it's an interview. Across. If you sit across from each other, it's like an interview. Oh. 
I always wondered that because I wondered about that because every time I would go out when I go to a restaurant, I always ask like, why do couples sit by side by side? That's so weird to me. It, yeah, it's a different energy. So I have a girlfriend. She found a boyfriend now, but after her divorce, she went, I think it was one to two years and no joke. I was like, you're lying. She went on, I think a date a day for like a year Ooh. or something like that. It was like her thing, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm going to do this challenge. So she's like, I dated so many men. You do the math, right? She's like, I would even have two dates in one day, but she's like, I wasn't doing it to like sleep with all of them just to like, like, again, like I said, I'm learning a lot. She's like, I learned so much about myself. And she said, every time she went on a date, she had one rule. She'd walk in and go, hi, nice to meet you. I have one rule. We have to sit side by side. She's like, that's it. And I was like, interesting. Right? She's like, yeah, because it's like an interview. I'm like, no wonder I like to go to a bar and sit side. It's a different energy. Like, why? I'm like, why do I like the bar? Oh, because, okay, this is my thinking. I always thought that couples didn't like to sit side by side because they didn't want to <laughs> like at each other. each other yeah <laughs> and i'm like why wouldn't you want to look at each other when you're talking and just like confronting each other i think it's a different sense but i do like some i like both hmm. uh, but i want when she said that it went ding 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 oh my gosh yeah but imagine a first date yeah it is like an interview a different exchange of energy now maybe you've been together for a while and it's a different energy mm. front but to side to side you know kinesthetically oh. you're you're touching each other differently you're hearing audio each other differently from a different ear that's interesting it changes oh it my gosh i've never sat i don't know i guess it's to me it's a little different like sitting side by side and talking to this like sideways with my neck you know i don't know i just think about that but yeah mm -hmm. but i wonder if you've been in a relationship for a while and you're always talking like that change it up and go side by side. Because mm. how often are you side by side? Well, maybe when you're sleeping or something like that. Mm. Okay. Wow. Thanks for that. Because I've been <laughs> that question for so many no. years. And I just, one of these days, I was like, one of these days, I'm going to walk over to that couple and be like, why are you sitting by, side by side? Damn it. Why? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, because it's like, no. It's, so to me, it seriously was like a question. Like, I just like, don't see curious. it. I don't see what's the oh. purpose of it. Like, especially uh -huh. in a booth. Yeah. You know, like, why are you sitting side by side? I seriously, to me, again, assumptions, right? You I'm thought they were avoiding something? I thought they were avoiding each other. Got it. But now it seems like maybe it's a first date thing or something like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Because, um, I mean, I've had first dates too. And and I, the guy has asked me, oh, you want you want to sit next to me? And I'm like, no. Mm. Confront me. Let's Try talk. it. I wonder. Try it. Yeah. yeah when she told me that, I go. I'm going to try that again. Throw it out there. Mm -hmm. Ooh. But, you know, we're now with COVID. Haven't been able to sit at a oh, bar. Right. Oh, yeah. It's harder <laughs> these dates. <laughs> well, after COVID, I'll try it out. <laughs> In 2024, we're all gray. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that was a good conversation, actually, about dating because uh, I had that question and it was answered. Thank you, Joanna. <laughs> <laughs> or if anybody has any other reasons, please DM Joanna so you can give me the answers. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. DM me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, for the last thing is any last sayings that you would like to give any like shout outs, but more of a last saying as as far as a person of what is the one thing that you would like to get tell a person when they're just feeling lost? You are not small and pathetic. You can choose it, girl. You can choose it. But you are not that. You are not. We are expansive. 
and we can choose expansive, and we can choose pathetic and small, but you are not small and pathetic. And I wish I would have known that younger. Okay. Well, that is the end of our after party, which is our whole party of episode. <laughs> <laughs> the party is over. Go home. Party's over. <laughs> so- <laughs> what is it? You can't stay here. Wait, go home, but you can't stay here. What's the home? Uh. <laughs> You have to leave, but you can't stay here. What's the saying? Whatever. Oh, you did oh. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> Let us know if there was something that resonated with you. I already have a couple things here of people on our live saying that, you know, they had kids that, ooh, yeah, that she thinks that are empathic. And she's like, this was eye-opening. Thank you. But yeah, all the parents out there. Anything that resonated, please screenshot this episode. Tag Joanna Vargas Official on Instagram and let us know what your takeaway was. Let us know also if you like these conversations and Solomon and I can talk even more and go from there. And appreciate it. Anything else, Solomon? No, thank you so much. This was amazing. Cool. And we out. And remember, girls, to get back up. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode and know of another girl who can benefit from this message, please share it with your girlfriends and tag me on Instagram at Joanna Vargas Official. I love your DMs. Also, I would be honored if you'd take 30 seconds and give the Get Up Girl a five-star review. I appreciate and love you all. And remember, girl, to get up and live fully.